are you? Now, we live in a society where identification is required. If you go to the airport today and you want to travel to Los Angeles, you're going to have to show them their ID. That's the first thing that they will ask for. You have to have ID in society to get you where you want to go. And in the realm of the Spirit, you have to know who you are. You have to know your identification in Christ Jesus so that you can do business in the realm of the Spirit. Brenda tells this great joke. I like it. There was a guy that just is fresh out of the hills of Arkansas, and he's driving along, and evidently he's speeding, and the highway patrol pulls him over. And the highway patrolman asks him, do you have any ID? And he looked at him and said, about what? Obviously, that was not the kind of ID that he was looking for. But you know, in the body of Christ, there is kind of a lack in some quarters about, you know, people just don't have any ID, if you will. They don't have any ID of who they are. And the scripture says in Proverbs 29, 18, and we'll pull it up on the screen. It says in the first part of that verse, it says, where there is no revelation or where there is no redemptive revelation, the people perish. And so when we flip that verse around, we could say it this way. When you do have a revelation of your Redeemer, when you know who you are in Christ... When you know what Christ has done for you, you can begin to prosper and you can succeed in this life. It should not be said of us here at Heart of the Bay that people at Heart of the Bay are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. No, thank God. We have been given dominion over the thief. We are not an ignorant people. I prophesy over you that you are filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and in spiritual understanding. Amen? So identity theft in the natural realm, it's a big thing. It's a major problem in our world. So I encourage you to be vigilant, to to use caution, to keep your information uh, safe and to keep it secure. And beware of some of those robocalls. You know, Brenda just put an app on their phone. What was it called? Robo Killer. And uh, she got about, when she was down in Los Angeles visiting the kids, no kidding, how many phone calls did you get from the so called security, Social Security? Five in a row row from Social Security. Fake Fake Social Security. So she put Robo Killer on, on her phone, and all of those phone calls have ceased. Isn't that a good thing? Mark that down, robo-killer. <laughs> now, we know that the thief, the enemy, tries to steal our identity. It's been the tactic of the enemy from the creation of man. But by a constant feeding and a constant meditating on who you are in Christ Jesus, you will not allow the enemy to steal the revelation from you. Can you say Amen. So our true identity then is based on who we are, I, in Christ Jesus. Now if my identity, if your identity is based on anything that we could lose, it's based on the wrong thing. You know, in high school, young kids base their identity on whether they made the team or not. 
They may have been a good athlete, you know, back in 1970. And sometimes with these athletes, you know, the older they get, the better they were. Or maybe their identity was in academics or in cheerleading or in some sort of talent. And then they get married and have kids and moms and dads have great careers and they spend their whole life just sowing into their children and and giving and giving and just developing in their career. But how many of you know that seasons change? Careers change. And sometimes careers end. And people who have their identity wrapped up in what they do, they need to be very conscious of the fact that it changes. Who are you? People who don't know who they are, they get discouraged. They lose their sense of value and they lose their sense of worth. Your identity and my identity must be greater than what we do. Our identity is who we are in Christ Jesus. Can you say an amen? Amen. And then some people's identity is in their past. Some folks... uh, talk about all of their hurts and all of their pains and, well, I was an alcoholic and I was abused and I was a drug addict, I was abandoned. And we never minimize the tragedies that people have gone through, not at all. But here's the truth. The truth is this. What happened in Christ, in His death, in His burial, in His resurrection is greater than anything that has ever happened to you. So we don't then identify with what we did or what was done to us. We identify with what he did for us. Hallelujah. Thank God he has done great things. He's a great God and he's done great things for you. Amen. So your true identity comes from Jesus Christ. Look with me at Galatians, rather, the second chapter. And notice with me in verse 20. Galatians 2, verse 20. I'm going to read it, first of all, from the King James Version. They're going to bring the NIV up there on the screen. Galatians, the second chapter, and the 20th verse says this, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives where? Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Now notice the NIV version. Let's read it together. Ready, read. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Is that good news? Paul said this, I was crucified with Christ. In the mind of God, when Christ died, you died with him. When he was buried, you were buried with him. But when, thank God, he rose, you rose with him. That is identification. And it's so good to know. One translation says this, Christ took me to the cross with him and I died there with him. 
Another author said it like this. I was crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that lives, but Christ lives in me. Say it with me, Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing lives on the inside of me. Oh, what a difference it makes in a person's life when the old man dies and the new man comes on the scene. I was crucified with Christ. You were crucified with Christ. You know, there was a famous preacher from Tulsa, Oklahoma. His name was Teal Osborne. Maybe you've heard of him. He impacted the nation of Africa in just a tremendous way. Some of his relatives went to Brenda's home church there in Skeety, Oklahoma. Frankie, I believe, was his uh, younger sister. Frankie Funkhauser was his younger sister. And she taught Brenda Sunday school from the time Brenda was just a little girl. But T.L. Osborne, I mean, he had just a world-changing ministry. As a matter of fact, his initial office was over on North Utica, and then he moved out more close to the freeway. And when Brother Hagen moved to Tulsa, Brother Hagen moved into Brother T.L. Osborne's office over there on North Utica. But I like what Brother Osborne said about this. Say it with me. I was crucified with Christ. Here's what he said. He said, Little I moved out and big Christ moved in. Amen. You could say it this way. Weak I moved out and strong Christ moved in. Defeated I moved out and victorious Christ moved in. Sick I moved out and healed Christ moved in. Poor I moved out and rich Christ moved in. Cursed I moved out and blessed Christ moved in. Woo, hallelujah. Jesus in you, the hope of glory. Jesus, the healer, lives in you. Jesus, the one that gave his life, lives on the inside of you and me. Shout out to me, I was crucified with Christ. Now, this old man wasn't just crucified. It didn't just die. This old man became a new man. I said, this old man became a new man. Now look with me at 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter and the 17th verse. I ask you this morning, do you wear, did you wear your shouting clothes? You know, it's okay to shout at 9.52 a.m. Isn't it? Amen. I want to turn this 9 a.m. bunch into a shouting bunch. I believe we ought to be able to outshout the 11 a.m. bunch. I believe we ought to be able to outpraise the 11 a.m. bunch. What do you say? Come on, lift your hands and do it now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is a good way to get your day started. Amen. So this old man died, but the new man came in. Look at 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, and the 17th verse. Amen. Look at here now. Therefore, if any man beware. If any man be in Christ. The old man that died wasn't your body. 
the old man that died was that nature of death in your spirit. That's the old man. Now, when it talks about if any man be in Christ, it's talking about your spirit man. If any man be in Christ, he is what? He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Now, the Greek word translated new means unheard of before. Unheard of before. I'm sure some of you, when they saw you after you got born again, they could hardly believe it. Unheard of. George Amaral, a Christian? Who had ever thought such a thing? I tell you who had ever sought such a thing from before the foundation of the earth. George Amaral was chosen. You were chosen. We were adopted to be heirs of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. So this word new means unheard of before. It also means new in quality or new in kind. A man in Christ Jesus is a new kind of man. One translation says, a new species that has never existed before. You're not just a new person individually. You are a new kind of person. You're not just a forgiven sinner. You're a new creation with the life of God on the inside. Amen. A lot of people kind of have wormy theology. They, they think, well, I'm just, just an old sinner and, you know, I, I, I'm just, just a worm and, you know, I'm just so lowly. Well, God, when he made you a new creation, he didn't t- take you from being an old worm to a new worm. Amen. We are new creations with a new standing in God, with right standing with the Father. Amen. Shout out with me. I am a new creation. So then we are partakers of the divine nature. You know, the world is looking for heroes, aren't they? I mean, you look at some of the movies, look at all of the fantasy heroes. There's Superman, Spider-Man, there's Batman, there's, for you women, there's Wonder Woman. Now, all of those are not real, just in case you were wondering. But God produced the real thing in us. God produced a supernatural race with supernatural ability and help from heaven. You are not a man-made fantasy. God made you a new creation. Say it with me. I am crucified with Christ. And I am a new creation. Now, notice the amplified version here of this verse, and I'd like for you to read it with me. Ready, read. Therefore, if any man is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away, and behold... The fresh and new you has come. Notice, a new creation. A new creation. A new species that never existed before. 
Your spirit, when you were born again, was not refurbished. Your spirit was not remodeled. One, one writer says it this way, A true Christian is not merely a man altered, but a man remade. Your old, previous condition has passed away. Your sinful spiritual DNA has been erased. And you have a new DNA as a new creation in Christ Jesus. A new creature. I'm looking at a congregation of new creatures. New creations. Hallelujah. Made in the image and in the likeness of Jesus Christ. Mm-mm-mm. Glory to God. I'm sure that if I went back to my 50th uh, high school, what do they call that, reunion, they would not believe it. They would walk up to me and say, remember what we used to do at your parents' house when your parents were out of town? Remember how we used to do this and do that? You know, I can faintly remember that, but I don't center in on what I used to be. I center in on who I am now. Amen. And so we must not allow the people of our past to drag us back into our past in our memory. We must become so reconditioned in our mind by the renewing of our mind that we have to stop and think, yeah, I I guess, you know. But what happened today now is that you're brand new on the inside. Amen? And I'll tell you something else. You go to your high school reunion and you take care of your spirit man and you feed him right and you become aware of who you are, it will affect the way you look. It will. Some of you, you go to your high school reunion and, you know, I'll be 69 years old in November. But uh, I'll guarantee you, some of those folks that are 69, 68 don't look 69, 68. They look about 88. Now, why is that? Because sin will do that. Sin will show up on your face. Sin will show up in your body. Sin will reduce you and rob you of your purpose and your destiny in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, folks, you've got someone on the inside of you who put his life in you and his life in you will quicken you. It will make alive your mortal body. It will do for you what no cream can do. It will do for you what no lift can do for you. It'll do for you what no tuck, I can hardly do it, tuck can do to you. Amen. Glory to God. You see people from the past say, well, what are you putting on your face? What's going on? Your face is glowing. That's right. My face is glowing because I got the light of the world. I've got Jesus, the son of God living on the inside of me. He's made me a new creation and his life is showing up on my face. Amen. 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 And some of them will want to know more about it. 
And you as a minister of reconciliation, now that you become a new creation, you'll be able to lead them to a place of repentance so they can experience great transformation. Amen. 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 I can remember, I'll tell you, back in Minneapolis, I, I just never forget it. A lady came up to be born again and her face was so hard. and was so full of, uh, you could just see that there was anger and there was depression and there was all sorts of bondage on her. But I tell you, folks, when she made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of her life, her countenance changed. Her countenance changed. She became a new person on the inside. How many of you are glad you got Jesus on the inside and he's working on the outside? Amen. As a new creation in Christ Jesus, you got new ears. That's why Jesus said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. No, they are not these outward ears, but these are the inward ears of the Spirit. These are the inward ears of the new creation. Amen? And it would behoove us to take time to cultivate that and learn how to listen to him and take heed with the ears of our spirit. Amen? As a new creation, you've got new eyes. New eyes. I had my eyes checked out here recently. You know, they when you go in to get new glasses or something like that, you got to go to the optometrist. Ever been to an optometrist? And they give you all these tests and, and they look at your eyes and, and they make sure they're not crossed. Hallelujah. And uh, they make sure that uh, there's nothing wrong with your eyes. And you know, aren't you thanking God that oh, the old, though the outward man perish, your inward man is renewed day by day? And they told me, well, you got the beginning of cataracts. Well, I'm not accepting that in Jesus' name. Amen? But you know what? I got no cataracts in the eyes of my heart. Hallelujah. I don't need these in the eyes of my spirit. The entrance of his word has given you light. Say it with me. I got new ears. I got a new heart. And I got new eyes. Glory to God. What do you do with these eyes? God gives you insight. He's able, he enables you to see how he sees you on the inside. That's insight. I'm a new creation. You're a new creation. The eyes of our understanding, ladies and gentlemen, they're being flooded with light even right now as you're feeding on God's word. As you open your Bible in the morning to read your chapter or whatever your routine means, expect the eyes of your understanding to be flooded with light. The eyes of your understanding. The entrance of His Word gives you light. A new, new heart. New ears. New eyes. But also, if you'll get your mind renewed, He'll change the way you think. He'll give you new thoughts. And along with his new thoughts that come from his word, you will experience a new attitude. A new attitude. What do you mean a new attitude? I mean to where once you saw things kind of from a a, a depressed way. You saw life kind of from a challenging way. But now because you got a new attitude, glory to God, you can't wait to get up in the morning. You thank God for another day to serve him. You You see people differently. You treat people differently. Hallelujah. Why is that? Because you've got a new love on the inside of you. Say it with me as a new creation. I got a new kind of love. I got a new attitude. 
Amen. As a new creation, he'll, he'll enable you to love people, to see him, them the way he sees them. Say it with me. The love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Come on, let's praise him for a minute. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Wow. Ha, ha, ha. It's already 10.05. Ha, 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 devil. I'm just getting started here. Who you are is not based on your performance. You don't have to perform your way into his favor. As a child of God, as a new creation, you are already his favorite. Did you know that you're his favorite? You are his favorite. So I don't have to perform my way into his favor. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6 and verse 7. Ephesians, the first chapter, verse 6 and 7. It says here, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath rejected us. No, he has accepted you. Where? In the beloved. Our acceptance is not based on what we have done, but is based on what he has done. Now, this word accepted in the English, in the English language does not do it justice. But in the Greek language, this word accepted literally is chorito. I didn't say dorito, I said chorito. And it means to be highly favored. You are accepted in the beloved. Matter of fact, the only other time that this word chiritu or chirito is used is when Gabriel the angel showed up and announced to Mary, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Did you know that you're as favored as the mother of Jesus? So you and I are accepted in the beloved, which is awesome, and that's fantastic. But more precisely, what this says is we are highly favored in the beloved. Thayer, a Greek scholar, said of that word accepted, said it also means not only to be highly favored, but to be surrounded by favor. You're highly favored as a new creation. You have preferential treatment and advantages because you're born of God. You're highly favored. But not only are you highly favored, but you're highly protected. Because he surrounds us as with a shield with divine favor. Amen. Proclaim this with me today. I'm highly favored. I am greatly blessed. And I'm deeply loved. So begin then to see yourself as someone that is agreeable to God. That you're surrounded with favor. You're surrounded with the blessings of God. Because that's exactly who you are. And then there are believers, and we need to close here pretty soon. Then there are believers that see themselves as incomplete. They see themselves as incomplete. Why? Because they're conscious of their lack 
They're conscious of their imperfections. They see their weaknesses. And they live under a constant cloud of condemnation. And they feel inferior to other people. But I got good news for you. You ready to hear a little bit more? The good news is God doesn't see you the way that man sees you. Man sees the flesh, but what does God see? God sees the Spirit. And that's who you are. Look with me at Colossians 2 verse 10. In a moment, we're going to receive communion. Just make a fresh commitment to feed on in Christ and in Him scriptures. Colossians 2.10 says, And you are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. I am complete in Him. The, uh, the Passion Translation says, And our own completeness is now found in Him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. So what is this saying? This is saying that you and I have everything when we have Christ. And that we are filled with God through our union with Him. He sees you already completed Him. In spite of your imperfections. He sees you as a new creation, a partaker of the divine nature. And he wants us to see ourselves the way that he sees us. Friends, you're not going to be complete in Christ someday. You are complete in him today. Raise your right hand and say, I am complete in Christ Jesus today. So I'm going to walk in it. How about you? I'm going to believe that. And I'm going to confess that. And I'm going to declare that I am complete in Christ. Say this with me. You are my complete forgiveness. You are my complete righteousness. You have given me complete favor and complete protection. So what does that mean? That means I don't have to look to you to complete me. I don't have to look to my career to compete, complete me. Amen. I don't have to look at how much money I have in the bank to complete me. Amen. As much as I love Brenda and as much as Brenda loves me, we don't complete each other. We're complete in Him. And as a result of being complete in Him, glory to God, we are one. Yes. We're one. See, many people... They feel like, well, I need a soulmate. I need a soulmate. And, you know, my life is not complete. I need, I need to get married. I need, I need, I need. How many of you know that if you're incomplete before you're married, you will not be complete after you're married? Because completion does not come through the flesh. It does not come through relationships. Completion comes by being in Christ Jesus. Say it with me. I am complete in Christ. Now, the more that you have understanding of this and the more revelation you get of this, when you go into a new relationship, oh, glory to God, you're in position to have days of heaven on earth. Just think about it. Getting hooked up with someone who knows who they are in Christ and you know who they are in Christ, whoo, that's a dynamic duo right there. Amen. So here's my prayer for you. Here's my prayer for you. It's found in Philippians verse 6. 
as we begin this new series. And we just kind of scratched the surface this morning. But this is my prayer. And I pray, in Philemon verse 6 in the Amplified Version says, And I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition. We're looking at the Amplified. Full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is yours in your identification with Christ Jesus unto His glory. Let's stand up, everybody, and let's say this today. Say it with me. I am a new creation in Christ. I have God's very own nature in me. The life of God is in me. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. In Christ, I'm redeemed. I'm blessed. And I am victorious. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands right now and thank God for the body of Christ that was broken for us. Thank you, Lord, that you took our infirmities. You bore our sicknesses.